This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from Circuit of the Americas, you're listening to Speed City's coverage of the Formula One United States Grand Prix. Speed City's coverage is brought to you by the F4US Championship, sanctioned by SCCA Pro Racing. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We have just watched Lewis Hamilton crown your 2019 Formula One champion. A win by Valtteri Botas. Oh, Hamilton uh, in second and wraps it up. This is John Massengill sitting in studio at Circuit of the Americas in the Media Center with Les Kaiser. Well, what do you think, Mr. Kaiser? Oh, you know, that, that was a fantastic race. Can that British guy quit being so loud out there? <laughs> That's our partner, Jonathan Green, if you don't recognize it. Yeah, Jonathan's out there on the podium. Oh, no! Oh, man! <laughs> It's all over. Actually, Fantastic I think, race. I, I think Bob Constantris is on the podium. Jonathan's in the booth next door. But yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty good racing here at Circuit of the Americas. Not the most exciting of the season, but it was interesting, and we had some some drama with Sebastian Vettel going out early in the race with you that bet. crazy suspension problem. Great sportsmanship uh, as they were in the ready room. We saw Sebastian Vettel come in and congratulate uh, Valtteri and Hamilton as well as Max but uh, you know he was uh, responding to the championship and the race win yeah and Max Verstappen was closing the gap to to Hamilton towards the end of the race there and we thought we might be able to get to see some some hard racing there at the end but absolutely but you know the weekend here at Circuit of the Americas has been picture perfect this is a sold-out crowd First time ever at the A little circus. chilly, but uh, we survived. Oh, it was well. It was chilly early in the weekend, but today is a fantastic, perfect day out here at Cody. It's like 72 degrees. Uh, the the positioning of the podium is perfect for the weather right now. The sun's shining them off there. Everybody's there with a big smile. Track invasion, very successful. Look at that, uh, folks from the podium all the way back around turn 20. That's quite a distance there, uh, from wall to wall for the track. Valtteri's national anthem playing now. Yeah, this crazy amount of of fans, incredible. Just like a deep breath. Look at that sea of folks. Look at all the country flags all through there, as well as team flags. Wonderful seeing that kind of uh, mixture together on the track. Okay, Rick Perry, the governor of the three-time governor of Texas, longest-serving governor in Texas history, is handing Valtteri Botas the trophy. For just a split second, I thought that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he's a he's a two-thirds model. There you go. <laughs> this, the, I can't go. I can't overspeak about the crowd here at Circuit of the Americas. It is amazing. I mean, I know it's a record crowd. But I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I've, the turn one, you can normally see grass between the main grandstands in turn one, and it's just a sea of people. We knew the ticket sales were super strong. And we had a record crowd here Saturday. Friday was huge. Friday was the biggest crowd I've ever seen. They didn't call it a record, but it's kind of hard to tell. But Bobby Epstein of the Circuit of America is handing Hamilton his second place. And, of course, Matthew McConaughey has been the – been the visiting dignitary from Austin. <laughs> He's been all over the television screens. Max Verstappen on podium. Here comes the champagne spray. 
Lewis gets it started. There goes Max. I did not see who the uh, Mercedes <laughs> representative for manufacturer's trophy was, but uh, he is soaked right now. Yeah, the, the camera's focusing on Ham Lewis Hamilton's brother. As they do That's a lot. his father there. Oh, that was his father, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that one was his father. Nicholas's brother's often in the paddock, and so we uh, usually see those guys around. All right, we're very excited to welcome a race driver to the booth, Christian Brooks. Christian, welcome to the show. Uh, let me get your mic here, Christian, one second. There you go. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to talk with you guys. Christian's racing in the uh, the F4, right? Yeah, the yes, Formula sorry. 4 US yeah, Championship. Formula uh. 4 US Championship. In fact, you won a race, didn't you? Yeah, so yesterday we started 20th and ended up finishing second, and today we went from 6th to 1st, so it was a great weekend. Oh, congratulations. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, well, I know you had to be watching this. How, how was oh, yeah. this for strategy playing out? Oh, I think it was good. It was nice to see Botas get a win, for sure, and yeah. Lewis still locking up the championship. It probably win uh, in the team, so that's exactly what the team wanted, for sure. So it was cool to see, and then to see Max get the Red Bull up on the podium is always uh, a cool sight. How about I've, this crowd? I've got to ask you. What's it like winning a race in front of a giant? I mean, I don't know what the numbers are. They've got to be 120, 130,000 people, maybe more. Yeah, so I think it, I think it really is more than that. Haas car going by our window. Wow. So we can't see the track for a while. <laughs> the but, Haas uh, car, Magnuson's car was literally touching distance outside our window. Go ahead. Sorry, Christian. Yeah, so it's, I mean, when you get on the track and visors down, you don't notice anything else other than the apex. So, I mean, you don't really think about it. You try to just block out all the spectators yeah. until after the race, obviously. But, yeah, try not to think about it and just keep your head down and focus. And Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Botas waving to the crowd with the trophies and the champagne bottles. This champagne bottle is almost as big as Valtteri Botas. <laughs> I am really happy for Valtteri. I mean, I, yeah. I enjoy interacting with him out here and uh, in Monaco so great to see fans just generally excited and he was so friendly and accommodating <laughs> there you go Matthew McConaughey using the hook and horns emblem yeah it's part of his uh, signing seven we get some wide camera shots yeah so your winner Valtteri Botas Lewis Hamilton now 2019 champion Vax Verstappen was third on the podium Charles Leclerc, fourth, Alexander Albon, Daniel Ricciardo, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Nico Hulkenberg, Sergio Perez in 10th, the final points position for the Racing Point Mercedes team. Fastest lap, of course, Charles Leclerc went out with those soft tires. As soon as I saw those soft tires, I was like, yeah, I know what that's all about. He's going out for those. Yeah. So Valtteri get Botas, that point. you had to get that one point. Lap number 44, no less. Kimi Raikkonen in 11th, Kvyat, Stroll, Giovinazzi, Grosjean, Gasly, Russell, and Magnussen was... It was the last car to, to uh, he finished, he, he uh, the car went dead, the brakes were dead on the last lap. But And Sebastian Vettel, I don't know, you were out, we've been stuck in the booth here, Christian. Did you hear it? Was it, what was the cause of the suspension failure for Sebastian Vettel? Yeah, so it looked like he hit one of those big exit curbs. I'm not sure if it was on the inside or outside, I hadn't seen it, but that's the story is that he hit one of those curbs, the car bottomed out real bad and just broke the car, so... Yeah, that was a, that was a dramatic-looking suspension failure with the with the back right completely collapsed, and then the front left tire was sticking up in the air. Yeah, I'll tell you what, those curbs are no joke out there. If you get over one of those, I've seen a couple of four guys almost literally do wheelies and almost backflips. So, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty gnarly out there. Uh, so your final championship points, Hamilton wins with 381 points, and and Christian. I mean, being a race driver, uh, here's Constructor Championship points, 695 points for Mercedes, 479 for Ferrari, Red Bull 366, Renault, uh, McLaren, Renault, Renault, Racing Point, Toro Rosso, Alpha, Haas, and Williams. How about that crowd? Look at that track. We're seeing an overview uh, helicopter quite a ways up, just about the entire front straightaway covered with folks. Uh, you're right. I mean, you could easily disperse that crowd a little bit, and it would cover the entire front straightaway. And we are joined in the booth by the man that's been telling the crowd what's going on. Jonathan Green, buddy. Welcome welcome in, buddy. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get any better, does it? Uh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Texas, Texas royalty. 
And definitely the uh, initiated man of the moment. Uh, McConaughey was uh, hogging the screen, no surprise. Wasn't he? Yeah. Well, what would you think, man? What do you think about this? I think it was the fitting end to what was a fantastic weekend of racing. I know Lewis wanted to hang on to those tyres, but they were gone. Yeah. And I think Botas uh, deserved the win. He uh, was the fastest man all weekend long. He did a brilliant qualifying, but there was nothing between them. And look at this crowd, a record sellout, uh, the first time in history. Do we have any numbers yet? No, we don't, uh, not officially, but I think this will rival 2012, if not beat it. But uh, I've never heard, as mentioned, uh, a sellout before. And the only figure I have is that we had just over 50,000 on Friday, which tells you everything you know. I seem to remember in 2012, I think it was something like 25,000 on Friday, which was huge. There was a replay, uh, Christian, you were talking about, there was a replay of Hamilton, I mean, of Vettel with that suspension failure. Did you see that? He came over the curb. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I was hearing, and I know from experience that those curbs are pretty, pretty intense. So you definitely don't want to be on those. And yeah, if you get on those, especially in a car like that, it's not going to end up well for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Uh, it's been an exciting weekend, man, with the crowd, with the the championship being crowned right here in Austin again. It's not the first time we've had Lewis Hamilton cham crowned champion here in Austin. I think that everybody within even remotely walking distance is in this crowd out in front of the podium on the front straight. Superb sight. Yeah, we're lost. We're watching. We're, we're doing radio. Yeah, yeah, we're, sorry. We're, we're lost in the yeah. pictures. <laughs> but it's very true. Uh, it's a fantastic scene just to describe it. The whole of the front straight, which is a long, long way, is festooned with flags and folk. Uh, enjoying every moment of what is a special moment in motor racing history, let's remember. Uh, very few men and none in the current era have ever got close. Juan Manuel Fangio got five. And, of course, Lewis Hamilton six. Only one more to go to see if he can get to Michael Schumacher's heady height of seven. All right. Well, hey, we've got a caller that's called in. We have George from Virginia. Hey, George. Hey, gentlemen. Um, first, congratulations on a fantastic weekend. Thank you. Um, uh, um, you know, I guess, you know, since your Astros lost my Nationals, you have to have some solace. So, oh. <laughs> But I'm glad to see. I mean, one thing I hope you and the callers on listeners recognize, we're seeing greatness today with Lewis Hamilton. We saw it with Jordan. saw it with Schumacher. And we need to enjoy this because this doesn't come around too often. It happened on our shores. This is a fantastic day for Formula One and a fantastic day for um, um, the U.S. Grand Prix, Coda, and Austin, Texas as a whole. Well, I'm so glad you said that, George, because we do have to just kind of step back and reflect a little bit because it is, it is an amazing accomplishment. And the fact that we have this crowd, that the, the city and the, the nation, really the country, have embraced this race – and that we can crown a champion here, it's amazing. But on a personal note, George, I know you won some tickets from us earlier this year, and I know you didn't get to make it, and I know you, you emailed us and said, give my ticket to someone else. Well, there is a very happy man by the name of Rich. I hope he's listening, but he's out there. He got your ticket, and he was thanking you on social media. I don't, you probably, he just said, George, you didn't know your, your yeah, social. I saw, I, I, I saw it, and I, I'm, you know, Life takes over, and I'm glad he was able to enjoy it. I don't know if he if he had an experience. I don't know if he was at the Haas garage. I don't know how that worked out, but um, hopefully he had a great race weekend. All Everything I've read, it seemed like everything was stellar, and the weather cooperated, and um, it was great racing from what I saw. And we saw two things. We saw basically someone become not only a driver. He's, Lewis is a driver for the ages now. We, we, we're looking at a historical figure. But for stopping coming in third, I think he's the next wave. I really you know, do. We're stopping and Leclerc. We're going to see the next wave. The only downer, and I don't want to down it, is Haas. But I, you know, I'm not going to waste time on that. That's something for another day. But I just want to commend you gentlemen. I know this week is sort of you probably got very little sleep. You're right. But, uh, George, you called it right. And, and, you know, thanks for the accolades. We appreciate you guys out in the audience uh, getting into this. You're right. I think uh, watch Max. He's coming around. 
If you haven't heard the interview with uh, Gunther, listen to what Haas has going on. Yeah, uh, th- there's more to come next year. Next year, I think we're going to see a very different Haas. And you know what, George? I'm glad you brought up the Haas team because we spent a lot of time, obviously, in the Haas garage. We talked to these guys a whole bunch, and they don't seem to be. They're looking to next year, and they don't really seem to be down or or really upset about it. But hey, uh, George, we got to go to break. But you know what? Uh, one last little note. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna set aside some tickets for next year with your name on them for giving those tickets back up and and giving away to another fan that can enjoy them. So. You just keep tuning in, and we'll, we're going to get you fixed up for next year. Okay, gentlemen. Take care. Thank you, and, and congrats on a great Grand Prix. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, All righty. All right, well, we're going to take a break, but if you want to give us a call, 512-643-5483, and give us a call and talk next segment. You listen to Speed City live from Circuit of the Americas, back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at caddyaustin.com. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Live from Circuit of the Americas, you're listening to Speed City's coverage of the Formula One United States Grand Prix. Speed City's coverage is brought to you by the F4 US Championship, sanctioned by SCCA Pro Racing. Welcome back to the show. We're live at Circuit of the Americas, our Super Bowl here in Austin. And we're joined in studio. This John Massingo, Les Kaiser, Jonathan Green. We're joined by oh, Christian yeah. Brooks. Race driver who's been racing this weekend in the Formula 4 Series, US F4 Series. And and hang on a minute, Christian Brooks, an American, yes. on his way to being the next big American. We've been asking where he is. He sat right here, folks. Uh, well, Santa Clara, California. Christian Brooks, look it up. 
Well, I thought you really should be sitting, not in here, but sitting outside the Haas garage waiting for Gunther and waiting for Gene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I, can I wash His your car? His dad is. <laughs> your dad is, yeah. There you go. Yeah, His dad's that's, dad. that's the ultimate goal. Of yeah, course. dad's It'd brought the contract. Run for an American team. That would be just insane. I mean, honestly, to have any seat in Formula One <sighs> is a dream come true, but that's what we're shooting for, and I'm not going to give up on that dream. You know, we talked to Pierre Gasly. And we talked to him about, you know, being demoted down from Red Bull to Toro Rosso. And I said, but life is still pretty good. You're still a Formula One yeah. driver in a pretty fast car. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think as a Formula One driver, you can't complain about too much. You get to travel the world, make a lot of money, meet a lot of cool people. So. All right, well, we have a caller on the line. We have, we have Larry from West Virginia. Hey, Larry, welcome to the show. Pennsylvania, sorry. Hi, hi guys. Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania these days. <laughs> well, at least for the rest of today until I get down to South Jersey. Um, it was a really interesting race today. Uh, just a really interesting race. I'm a bit puzzled at what happened to Ferrari, what happened to their pace. Uh, after qualifying yesterday, Max said he didn't think they had race pace. And there he is, started third, finished third, and closing at the end on, on, on fresher tires. Seems like Honda's got it going on right now for them. And McLaren had a great day. You know, for McLaren, yeah. it was a phenomenal day for McLaren. And uh, another failure for Haas. I think I got to believe in my heart of hearts that that Sauber, the former Sauber team, now Alfa Romeo, was getting the help Haas used to get. I think with the change in the leadership at Ferrari, that uh, Haas is out and uh, Alfa Romeo is in. And I wonder how long they're going to stay with Ferrari before they try to partner with somebody else. Mm, that's an interesting question. hadn't I hadn't really thought about that. You know, we had a we had a pretty good discussions with Gunther and all the team, and they they were very optimistic for next year. I mean, it was really just looking at it like this is just a, a blip, and we're going to get it all figured out, and they're going to have a great year. They were very optimistic. There wasn't, I mean, weren't, don't you guys agree? It seemed like they weren't they weren't worried at all about next year. No, and I think this was a bit of a blip, uh, and they know why. I mean, it, it, they found the problem. They knew what it was. It was cooling, uh, which was leading to uh, mechanical grip and heat in the tires, not being able to get it. That's why you didn't see them on the harder tire, and I think that's why they struggled um, by their own admittance. Uh, they've tried to rectify certain problems. But as you say, life goes on, and I think they're looking at the, both the price cap and 2021 as being their way of maybe becoming, uh, again, competitive for a top five. But... Who knows? Has Honda? I quite like the idea. But, Larry, I've said this all along. The minute that Alfa Romeo named themselves Alfa Romeo, it just seemed to me that they were going to be officially the Ferrari junior team and Raikkonen going to, um, you know, Alfa Romeo kind of confirmed that. So I agree with you. I think I think the, uh, the, the, the emphasis is definitely on making Alfa Romeo the uh, junior team to Ferrari rather than Haas anymore. Yeah, yeah I, I really do believe that, and I really do think you're right about that. And, and Haas has had continual brake problems. Ever since they've had that car, they've had an extreme, extreme problem sorting out their brakes. And uh, I don't know what the issue was with that on their car. Plus, if I could digress to last week, what's up with Ferrari? Again, today, no pace. And then last week, putting their leader on a two-stop strategy, Vettel, who was behind Leclerc on a one-stop strategy, what is going on with Ferrari? This is atypical of their race planning and then atypical of their race pace. I, I don't know what's going on over Yeah, I think it just shows you how uh, Mercedes over this last decade have not only produced the best car, but also the best strategy uh, and the best strategists. I mean, you saw Hamilton literally um, in real time deciding on how long to stay out. And that is a big part of this. I think Hamilton's thinking... Uh, and his uh, sort of, uh, you know, relationship with both uh, Peter Boddington and the rest of the team where they trust him. Uh, and Toto Wolff knows what they're doing. They, they plan this for a one-two or at least close to that. And that's what they got. And Ferrari got what it got. And uh, it just shows you the difference. And it's, yes, there are differences in the, in the, um, in the engines and the, and the styling and the, and the design. But frankly, Mercedes are a cut above the rest and proved it again today. Yeah, but it's hard to argue with a five-time world champion when he says, no, I don't want a box. So they tell his teammate today, okay, go ahead, you're okay to attack. And then tell him, look, 
though. You want to fight for second bid if you don't stay out. In other words, you made your bed, Bub lie in it, and he still gets the one two. So I think yeah. they're you know, like like you're saying, the strategy, the decision making at at uh, Ma, at, at Mercedes. But did that fella at, at Ferrari that passed on take that much knowledge to the grave with him? God rest him. It really <laughs> sank that team. <laughs> Well, we just this is a good tie-in. We just had a question from Facebook, Cal Quinn. He said, "Who's who's going to be for Ice T principal next year?" Wow, <laughs> <laughs> nice tie-in, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> No, he's it's gone. It's been a heck of a year, you know. With that's a Riva Bene. He's with, gone. A Riva Sorry, Larry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It it it's been a extremely interesting year. Uh, here, the the Formula One of this generation is. Unbelievable racing. You have to harken back to the glory days to to get the kind of competitiveness, even though there's still only three teams really in contention. And there's a couple of teams trying to break out of the mid-pack to gain elite status, and I think maybe 2021 will help that. But uh, it's been one to remember with all the twists and turns and the strategy differences and the choice of tires. Made it really competitive. It's been great racing to listen to on the radio. Well, good. Did you listen to the radio today in the truck? Yeah, sure did. Although I got to confess, I was in and out checking on my Steelers. <laughs> uh, thank goodness Adam Vinatieri had a bad holder. Pittsburgh would have lost that game, and now I, I got to switch over to Fort Worth and see how it's doing Fort Worth here when, I, when you guys are done. <laughs> but yeah, I listened to the race today, and I, and I listened because uh, I was able to get on ESPN's website, find out when qualifying was. I was able to listen to qualifying after that. Oh, good. See, that's yeah. what I like, a real sports yeah. fan. He likes his NFL, he likes his Formula One, and he keeps them both going. <laughs> All right, well, Larry, well, thanks yeah, a lot. Don't thanks don't even for... get me starting on buying a munchin', so I don't even want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, thanks for calling, buddy, and thanks for listening all season. Hey, no problem. Appreciate the show, y'all. Thanks for the time. You're very generous. Thanks. All right, thanks. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ferrari is, I mean, it's all season long. You've been saying it, Jonathan, all season long, and, I mean, they've had fast cars on and off, but the the, the typical problems that Ferrari seems to, to have every year. Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is. And and if you look at the history of Ferrari, um, this is not something new. Um, you only have to look at the history of Ferrari. They went for a long, long time before the purple patch that was Schumacher's era um, without a win, uh, too. They went some 20 years without uh, a long, long time without any real... Uh, um, success and they kept dropping the ball and yeah it was when that group of Ross Braun who is now the sporting director of uh, Formula One uh, came in that uh, we really got a chance to see um, what they could do uh, with a really organized group um, and they finally did it and um, you know it was a combination of Rory Byrne, Ross Braun and um, you know effectively yeah. A very, a very well-oiled machine for them to, you know, for them to actually finally do it. But um, I don't know. Um, they'll get there. They've got a great car. All right. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's say bye to Christian Brooks. We've got another driver. And say, Christian, thanks for coming in. We hey, buddy, why are you driving next year? Uh, I'm not sure yet, but definitely not Formula One. So <laughs> <laughs> we still got a while to go until we get there. I hope you guys enjoyed the race and these guys talking about it. So uh, have a good one and. Uh, Talk to you guys later. Congratulations right. on your Thanks, win. Well done. Hey, before we – uh, good luck in there with the stewards. He's got to see the stewards. <laughs> yeah. That's no right. fun. No it's like fun. called to the principal's office. I asked him what for, and he goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, you know, like I said, he didn't hit anybody. He didn't do any major things that we saw. So hey, we'll before, see. before we introduce our next guest, we've got to take a break. But before we do that, I'm going to play this clip. We've got – we had all this, this time with all these drivers, and we have a clip from Max Verstappen. And I just love the way Max said it because he was talking. We were asking about the coda bumps that have arisen from the from the ashes here. And uh, so let's hear what Max Verstappen says about the coda bumps. It's just a, a great track. Uh, just purely talking about the track first. Um, I think there are some corners in it which are maybe taken away from like old school tracks and then modified a little bit, but kind of the same characteristic and um, yeah it's a lot of fun especially the first sector I really enjoy but then also the track the layout in the race there are so many opportunities to overtake um, which I think is just very exciting and um, yeah it's um, like I said with the also then with the bumps over the years it's getting quite bumpy um, so I guess yeah we do need to look at it that 
it stays under control but for the moment it's it just adds another element to it you know in some corners where it makes it a bit more difficult yeah so so it's not a big negative it's just a characteristic of the track exactly yeah and uh, I guess over the years from from the first time I was here to now it did become a lot more bumpy but at the end of the day you know there are, we also drive on street circuits where it's really bumpy as well so yeah just uh, deal with it <laughs> deal with it that's what Max Verstappen says and you know I, I, I think I like that the attitude yeah the the race went off today as you know we had complaints and discussions but but yeah, so hey, let's go in and take a quick break and we come back. We've got a guest in studio here at Circuit of the Americas that we're going to introduce. You're listening to Speed City. We're live at Circuit of the Americas for our post-race show for the 2019 Formula One United States Grand Prix. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives. Only water, malt, hops, and yeast. And absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company, born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370, the right choice. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Hi guys, this is Pierre Gasly and you're listening to Speed City. Live from Circuit of the Americas, you're listening to Speed City's coverage of the Formula One United States Grand Prix. Speed City's coverage is brought to you by the F4 US Championship, sanctioned by SCCA Pro Racing. Welcome back to Circuit of the Americas. We're live here, and we have just been uh, privy to watch Lewis Hamilton win his sixth world championship here in Austin, Valtteri Bottas wins the race, and Lewis Hamilton wins the championship as expected. We're joined in studio by a young race driver that has some aspirations to race maybe Formula One, Benjamin Peterson. Ben Benjamin, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, what a great race here. Awesome to witness Hamilton uh, winning the, his sixth world championship. Um, so, yeah, just uh, just kind of a fanboy right now, but <laughs> but obviously I'm a racer myself, uh, racing in the British F3 Championship and the American F3. Um, so yeah, 
thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, it, you know, we we talked about it earlier, but uh, watching history. I mean, a big you're being a fanboy, but I mean, we're watching the, the Schumacher of of our generation, and who knows? He who knows what's left in store for Lewis Hamilton. Absolutely. I think he he uh, seems to approach. Uh, every championship with with just a different mindset than everyone else i think it's very fascinating as a young driver looking up to him you know i think he looks at himself and says you know i won six championships today and then he looks in in the mirror tomorrow and he's ready to do another one so i don't think he's he's settled i think he recently posted that you know it it still feels like i'm starting so he hasn't he hasn't quite reach his peak yet is what he's saying so i think that's really fascinating yeah we see athletes going like i mean we'll look at raikkonen was he 40 is he 41 yet so i mean how old is hamilton 36, 36. i think he's 36 or so yeah so, so who knows he could if, the way mercedes is going he could win a couple more championships and be the lone man with eight championships gotta be the plan hasn't it really i yeah. mean he 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 now has risen above expectations his hero was Etten Senna and of course Etten got three world titles and Lewis kind of lived in awe uh, and it's interesting to hear Benjamin talk about you know looking up to other drivers and, and how important that is and I remember watching Lewis come through the ranks and it's weird I my whole career has watched Lewis from the age of four he won a he won a he was on Blue Peter which is a, a, a kids show uh, winning a um, remote control car. He was a remote control car champion at four when he started his uh, karting career. And he was on TV at four, um, actually showing off his skills as a remote control car, you know, dude. Driver. Driver, <laughs> effectively, yeah. And he was this tiny little thing in a little anorak. Uh, and then he went on and, um, you know, got to about nine years old and was starting to make his name in karting and famously um, uh, went to the British Grand Prix and met... Oh, no, actually went to... He won, that's right, he won the British Karting Championship, went to the uh, Autosport Awards where all of the great champions go. Karker we was there last year. Uh, you didn't go, did you? Uh, I, no, I was close to going, but not quite. But that, where you're all in black tie and it's at the Grosvenor, and it's a big deal. Uh, and Lewis sauntered over to Ron Dennis, who was the McLaren boss at the time and owner of uh, At McLaren, what age? At nine. And said, hey, can I come and drive for you one day? I'd like to come and drive for you one day. And it was all a bit of a joke. And Ron Dennis said, call me in, call me in 10 years. <laughs> but it was less than that. when he. It was less than that. <laughs> yeah. And ironically, and, and the truth of the matter was, Ron Dennis took it seriously, did his research, and actually started investing in Lewis at that age. Not officially, but certainly keeping an eye on him, keeping a watchful eye on him. And I think before he was even 15, he was under the tutelage of, M of McLaren, and, and the rest is history, as they say. But, you know, none of these stories are without, uh, you know, it's all, there's always a story like that. I mean, do, do you young drivers look up to, do you try to emulate and look at the eating habits uh, and listen to the interviews and try to, I don't know, try to see if you can live the same way? I mean, it's impossible. Um, but at the same time, do you kind of look at several drivers and think, I'd like a little bit, you know, I'd like to do that. I'd like to talk like that. I'd like to be like that. I'd like to drive like that. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great point. I think as a young driver, obviously, you look up to some of the greats like Hamilton and and the other Formula One drivers. But, um, yeah, you, you look at their attributes, I would say, but I never feel like I want to be one of them because I'm always trying to be myself. Um, I look at what they're doing. I look at their training regimens, everything like that, um, and, and take things to myself to, to better myself. Um, but the key in that, in what I just said there, too, is myself. I'm trying to be myself, make, make my own brand. Um, yeah, and that's, that's just kind of my ultimate goal. Well, this is Benjamin Peterson, who uh, was born in Denmark, but has grown up pretty much here in the States. He, in fact, won here for his sponsor, Dirtfish, in Formula 4 this time last year and has currently uh, been racing both here in the States, where he was the most successful winner. He didn't win the championship because he didn't do the whole championship. He could have easily won it if it had done uh, uh, the whole year, I think, um, but has also been racing in the British Formula 3 championship. So keep an eye out for him because he's definitely on the way up. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit, and a big announcement, not only the biggest news, of course, Lewis Hamilton winning the championship this year, this weekend, but some big news this weekend with the 2021 rules and regulations being announced at a pre big press conference here, and we saw the new car being released. There's a replica that we've climbed all over over here in the, in the media center, and uh, number one, the car looks great. 
number two, all the aerodynamics. You know, we're, we're talking moving back towards a, uh, a uh, ground effects car and the aerodynamics to allow cars to get right behind other cars. So it, it appears to be that it's going to be great racing. And we actually had an opportunity to talk to Chase Carey, who is the CEO and executive chairman of Formula One. And we have a full interview that we, we actually don't have time for the whole thing, but we're going to play some clips from it. And uh, I think this first clip from Chase Carey is talking about the United States market. You know, a lot of the, every change they do is to, to try to grow the audience, right? But this particular segment of the interview is with, with Chase talking about uh, the U.S. market with Miami and all that. So let's hear from Chase Carey. Obviously, the United States is a key market for Formula One. Do we think we have a, a good shot at getting Miami done? And then, and what do we, the collective we, have to, to do to help grow the sport here in the United States? Well, I mean, we, are, we do believe the sport has enormous potential for growth um, here in the United States. Um, adding uh, an event, you know, we're very proud of this event here um, in Austin, um, you know, but I think adding another event um, in a destination location like Miami or Las Vegas, um, we think would, it would add another dimension to it. Miami, we're deeply engaged in. We still got some issues to get through, but, um, you know, they're active and we're working on it. Um, yeah, I think as much as anything, um, you need to give fans the opportunity to engage and follow the sport and take advantage of all the ways you can do it. I mean, clearly the world today, you're an example of it, um, can connect and follow, you know, the sports, the teams, the heroes, you know, in ways they never could in the past. And when we came into Formula One a couple of years ago, Formula wasn't, wasn't really doing a lot of those things. And I think as we've given fans an opportunity you know, to follow the sport on media platforms and social media in other ways. We've actually found great take up in the U.S. as we've pursued initiatives like the show on Netflix, if we've pursued initiatives like our esports competition. I think all of those things enable fans to engage and follow, have a show on Sirius, I mean, a channel on Sirius. So those, all of these things, I think, give fans an ability to engage, follow, um, you know, to enjoy the sport and appreciate the sport. Um, and I think we need to continue to build on that, um, you know, build on teams in the U.S. Haas is a U.S.-based team. You know, we're proud to have Haas in the sport. I think we can continue to build on, you know, that and get broader participation. Look, we'd love to have a U.S. driver. I mean, in the, in the, in the past, um, used to have many U.S. drivers. I was talking to Mario Andretti in Milan earlier this year. Um, so in the past, we had some great, you know, U.S. drivers. So. It's a building process. We said early on, um, building the sport in the U.S. was an important priority, but it was one that would take time. It wasn't, a, you know, we're in, you know, starting, our, we're in the middle of our third year. This was not a two to three year process. This was building the sport in the U.S. is a five to 10 year process, but we've really been excited about the reaction and responses. We've given U.S. fans more opportunities to engage, whether it's at fan festivals, this event, attendance gonna be way up, you know, this weekend digital media, other platforms, um, you know, have all, you know, further encouraged us about the appetite and interest and excitement about the sport here in the U.S. I think that these guys are doing a great job. I know that there's no way they're going to escape criticism. There's no way you could take over something like this and not get criticized on some level by someone. Oh, absolutely. But, but look at, we talked about it also in this interview, but Netflix I want to ask you because we all been talking, but yeah. but you, Benjamin P- Peterson, the Netflix series. Have you had people that have talked about that and and gotten into that series? Absolutely. You know, I've some friends that that don't even follow the sport. They've watched it, been hooked on it right from the first episode, the first ten minutes. Um, I think the series does a great job. I've personally watched it. Uh, it does an awesome job, really showing the behind the scenes. Um, and I think like any anyone else being at a live event their first event ever it's hard not to be hooked to this sport you know the the sound the smells the visually watching the f1 cars um it's it's just so impressive it's i kind of asked the question like how can you not like this um it's just so mesmerizing so cool um something you want to be a part of um so as a driver you know me i'm I'm ultimately sitting in, in the best seat which is i feel really fortunate too um, and then to share that with others is really special as well. You know, and the sport is so complex, too. They get into the, what they watch. If they started that way and learned about the sport through Netflix, they're looking at all the stories behind the scenes and all the drama and all that. 
But there's so many layers to the sport. Like me, the number one thing by far for me is the technology. That I, I want to know everything there is to know it. And, and that's a frustrating thing about Formula One. It's that you don't get to know it because it's all so secretive. But every other level of motorsports, we learn about the technology, whether it's the engines, the suspensions, the aero, the, the hybrid now, right. all these different things. But that's just another layer. Then there's, of course, the layer of competition, which for probably for most motorsports fans, number one is the competition. After, you know, they don't even, some people don't even care about the technology. They just want to know the fastest. And, and I've, I've met drivers that know nothing about the technology. They don't know anything about what makes that car go. They don't want to know. They know enough to, to give their engineers feedback. Right. But they want to they want to know what makes them go faster. And if it needs to be technology, but th there's so many layers to the sport. And and I think one of the key things with Formula One is, is it's, you know, you look at other series like IndyCar, which is easy to forget is actually a spec series. Um, but F1 has, has since it started, has always been innovation for, for road cars and, and the automotive industry as a whole. Um, the technology we see today in F1 cars goes straight into the street cars. Um, whether you know it or not, it yep. is it is there. Disc um, brakes, ABS, ABS, everything that you yeah, yeah. traction, variable valve traction timing. control. Yep. You know the latest Ferrari yep. four eight eight Pista has the latest innovation that you can get, and that's straight from the F one factory. Absolutely. Yeah, and and also hybrid technologies. You know all, all the efficiency people. Sure. Racers have always wanted to go as far as they can on a drop of gasoline. So let's not forget about which then equates to sustainability too. And and by the way, the twenty twenty one. For, uh, Formula One regulations, sustainability is a major portion of what is is going on in those regulations. Going back to what you said, how good Liberty are doing, just think about the facts for a second. They invested $8 billion, billion to buy Formula One. It's essentially uh, a British product run by Brits, and effectively most of the teams are based in Britain. Uh, it's a series that goes back to 1950 covers 21 possibly 25 countries per year have an average audience of 500 million where the super bowl has 100 million um this was a weighty undertaking from uh, a media company um and so to be in that maelstrom uh, and up against that uh, after all that tradition and all that history um they are taking some major steps and this 2021 is their first real major decision-making process which will change the face of the sport uh, for the future um, it, it really is a critical two years for both liberty and the future of the sport yeah uh incredible and um i can't wait to see the next chapter so all right let's take a break when we come back we'll continue our discussions you're listening to speed city we're live from circuit of the americas just watch the united states grand prix back after these messages Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at ducatiaustin.com.
When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Live from Circuit of the Americas, you're listening to Speed City's coverage of the Formula One United States Grand Prix. Speed City's coverage is brought to you by the F4US Championship, sanctioned by SCCA Pro Racing. Welcome back to the show. So right now, Cool and the Gang is live right here at Coda. I know. I know. Well, I've just okay. noticed Hamilton's not in the driver's conference. Is he already over there cel- doing his celebration? Celebrating, or? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ties yeah. in well. They're giving him a break. <laughs> hey, I want to jump into some more of the interviews. It's John Massico, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green out at Circuit of the Americas, along with our special guest, Benjamin Peterson. But we have some interviews that we've got to get in because we had access to the drivers all this weekend. And there was a special, special guest. He's a driver, but he's not a Formula One driver. He's a NASCAR driver. And he was a special guest of the Haas F1 team, of course. Tony Stewart was out at Coda. And the he smoke. Brought, and, he, and he brought something with him. He brought him a car. He brought him a NASCAR. And he boogity and, boogity. and Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnuson all got to drive this NASCAR around Coda. Not the first one, I may add. That was Kurt Busch about five years ago. That's right. But I, I've got to play this clip because Tony seemed to think that NASCAR would go really well here at, uh, at Coda. So let's, let's play this clip from Tony Stewart about Coda. It was a really cool opportunity to come here and, and do what we did today with Kevin and uh, Rajan. And, you know, it, it was it was a lot of fun to come to a venue we've never been to, uh, but to bring, you know, a, a chance for these guys to get in the car and make laps, uh, you know, at a venue they're comfortable with and familiar with, but in a different car. For me, it was a car I'm familiar with, but a venue I wasn't familiar with. So uh, a lot of fun for me to get in the car and run here, but a lot of fun for me to watch those guys and see how much fun they had driving the cars. And you, you kept it real nice and easy, right? Uh, for the first two corners. And <laughs> somehow uh, some evil spirit took over. And the next thing I know, I'm doing what I do every night in a race car. I just <laughs> start pushing everything. And uh, next thing you know, we're, we're, at the, we're at the capability of what the car can do. So it's, um, it was a lot of fun. And, and it's, you know, anytime, you, I, don't, I don't think you can ever get a race car driver to run 80% in anything. So uh, except maybe pit road. So uh, to, to be able to come have fun today, it was uh, it was a really good time, honestly. Is this track good for a car from NASCAR? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, this venue would put on a good NASCAR race as far as the road course side. So uh, everybody goes, well, would they take one away from Texas Motor Speedway? That would not be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's I think there's other tracks on the schedule that I think I would take a race away from. Uh, before I would take away one from Texas Motor Speedway. I think Eddie Gossage and his staff do an awesome job, and it would be an injustice to do that to bring a race here. But um, I would say this is a great venue after running today. It's the, the fun part is there's, I feel like there's at least five very solid passing opportunities per lap here. Um, but most of all, it's a very technical racetrack, and that's the part that... Uh, for me as a driver that I would I would look forward to competing at a place like this because of that I mean that's it, it you obviously your cars have to be right but it when 
there's a lot of opportunity for the driver to really make the difference at this track, and that's something that as a, as a race car driver I enjoy. How about that? NASCAR at Coda, boys. What do you think? Sounds fun to me. Hey, I like the part that he said, five passing opportunities on this course. Yeah. I think it really would work here and because NASCAR also, I mean, without being funny, NASCAR needs to spread its wings a little bit. It's, it's, been, it's, it's, yeah. got, into, it's got into a bit of a rut. Uh, of being a sudden a sudden thing, and okay, yeah, we're still in the uh, relatively in the south, but this is not a place where NASCAR is that well known. But I think they would like it. I think they get into it. I think it's got all the uh, the dimensions, and also because it's a road circuit, as Tony said in our interview, which by the way is worth listening to the full interview. Um, you know, they're looking for more road co courses and potentially putting uh, some more road courses in the chase, which is something that's been lacking, I think. Um, and I always enjoy the, the road course races from, from NASCAR. They're, they're well worth watching. Yes. I, uh, Benjamin, you said you talked to Roman Grosjean about this, right? About the, the getting yep. to take the car out? So, uh, yeah, Friday evening uh, was in the paddock. Uh, Roman, I've been really fortunate to, to be close to him here in the past. You know, he's helped mentor me. Uh, back starting from F4. Um, so sp spoke to him in the paddock, and then, uh, yeah, he said it was a lot of fun. He really enjoyed it, uh, which is pretty cool to hear from a Formula 1 car driver. Um, jumping into a stock car for the first time, he, he was, the way he described it, you know, um, obviously he has a, an accent, he's French, and when he was describing going down the back straight with the shifting, and he was like, big, long downshift, he's like, bum, bum. He, <laughs> his enthusiasm with it was really cool and i think the the openness to other forms of motorsport is is uh the big thing is is respect and then I, the other part is it's just cool kevin magnuson talked about it he was a little more blunt if you recall in our interview i don't i don't have the magnuson clip ready but he uh he said something like yeah i didn't handle that great but he's comparing it to an f1 car so. it's not meant to handle great exactly that's, that's the <laughs> point it's all about input from a driver and that's what i love about it james courtney from the australian v8 supercar says it was like wrestling a bear <laughs> <laughs> wrestling a bear a 900 horsepower bear i think he said hey uh i didn't know he was austrian uh, i don't know what he is australian Hey, right. um, we have one more clip from Chase Carey that I want to play. up. I was going to play him back-to-back, -back, but I didn't have it quite ready. But let's hear this clip from Chase about the 2021 rules. Uh, we, and, and a little preface here. Yeah. Um, we got to sit with Chase in uh, here in the offices at Circuit of the Americas and talk about the 2021 rules, this American market, and, uh, and lots of things. But l let's hear from Chase Carey now. Yeah, I mean, we're very excited. I mean, we've been working on this for a while, you know, probably a couple, it's been a working process for, you know, realistically, probably a couple of years. So it's uh, nice to get this step. Obviously, we've got a lot of work left to do. We've got to now make it happen. And, and these rules are not, you know, oh, you know, oh, like we're done. Um, yeah. You know, so it's an ongoing process. But these are a very important step. And I think really uh, the foundation for us, be, you know, enabling us to make the sport everything we want it to be in terms of competition, action on the track, and a much healthier sport for everybody. You know, one of the questions I asked in the press conference was, uh, technology fans, do we have anything to worry about? Because we, we love the fact that F1 is the pinnacle. It's the, the most uh, advanced kind of racing there is. Do we have any concerns there? No, and I think that's why we tried to address it right up front, that I think the DNA of Formula One, you know, is critical you know, to its future. I mean, this is a great sport with a great history. Um, you know, great heroes, great events, um, and we want to build on that. We don't want to change it. We want to build on it. Um, and part of that is making sure we continue to have a sport um, that is first a great sport with great competition on the track, um, but is a sport married to technology. And it is what distinguishes the sport from almost every, every other sport out there, and I think part of what makes it truly unique. It's going to be great, guys, to watch how this plays out. And and uh, I'm, I'm just rooting for what Liberty's doing and hoping it all works. You know, I mean, uh, I, I see it as like when folks are zooming in and they're narrowing their scope down to be more pinpoint. They started with a table as, as wide as can be with all these things in it, things that needed to be addressed. And as they focus on the priorities and, and set their goals, they're narrowing in and zooming in and, and concentrating. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Hey, I got one more clip I want to play because we, Jonathan, you and your connections to NASA, it's just a short clip, got a, got us up to NASA, got Kevin Magnuson to NASA, the, the Daniel Kvyat, Pierre Gasly, and 
these guys couldn't believe what they saw at NASA. But let's play this clip from Kevin Magnuson talking about his trip to NASA with us. Oh, it's uh, it, it was fantastic. I mean, it, I'm, I'm a I'm a bit of a space geek, uh, you know myself, and I think it was uh, it was amazing to be able to talk to, you know, not only Drew who was showing us around, uh, but also uh, Luca, who was the uh, Italian guy that we spoke to uh, at the ISS, and we could see him live and uh, with a live picture of him uh, floating around in the air and. Uh, just talk to him at the same time that, that it was very surreal you know this this wasn't like I know to Russell were there uh, with Formula One uh, television but I you know I asked my team if I if I could go and and they sorted me out so it was uh, it wasn't like a PR thing from, mm -hmm. from my side I, I wanted to go and and it was a great opportunity and uh, really glad I, I got the chance yeah Kevin Magnuson got to sit and talk to an astronaut on the space station from Mission Control at NASA in Houston. It was pretty, pretty cool. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up, guys. I want to thank Benjamin Peterson, Peterson for being in the studio with us. Thanks, guys. And uh, Where will you be racing next year? Yeah, pretty exciting times right now. Looking to be back in Europe again. You know, a couple of different series are open. Um, the big one will probably be British F3, uh, considering that I did it this year and, and have a little bit more experience under my belt with the tracks. But, but yeah, it's, it's that time of year looking at all options. Jan all Magnussen right. won it a few years ago, quite a few years ago. Yeah. British Championship. No, that, that's, that's right. That's a good leeway then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to thank everybody who listened. I want to thank everybody who helped out. It's the crazy weekend out here, and uh, everything went off great. And uh, you need to be here next year. Yeah. Record crowd out here. Incredible weather. Amazing weekend. World Championship. World Championship crowned. You know, part of history. And the bit of quite a bit of history out here at Coda now. Yeah, I think we're seeing the uh, the ladder climb from these guys, Ben. Yeah. Headed towards F1. We're going to get an American there. Yeah, I want to thank all the guests from the F4 series, the F4 U.S. championship, and uh, and it was a great weekend. Yeah, no question. One of the best. A sellout crowd, something we've never had at the yep. Circuit of the Americas. All right, thanks, everybody. Check us out on our website if you want to learn more about us, speedcitybroadcast.com. And, of course, we'll be back for the next Formula One race. Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. God bless Texas. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.